I don't know, Christmas morning always seems a little muted to me after, uh, you know, I think we did, how many services did we do last night, Kim? We did five. I was, was it actually five? It's like a dream. Lots this week, yes. And uh, so it was a late night. We, we kind of ended our last service from 11 uh, into, you know, close to midnight. And, and then we gathered together again on Christmas morning to celebrate uh, the gift that is Christmas. But, I mean, what, what is the gift? And this is something that, you know, we, we reflect on, I think, this time of year. And, and hopefully, um, hopefully most of you actually got gifts, right? Did any of you get gifts today? Yeah? Did the rest of you get cold then, I guess? So what? Like, no one's raising their hands. You all have terrible families if you didn't get a gift. All right, great. I'm so thankful uh, that you were able to get some gifts this morning. Um, but what is the real gift of Christmas? What is it that we actually gather for? What is it that we do five services the night before to really celebrate and to focus in on? And so this morning I want to look at a text that's not a traditional Christmas text. It's not something that we look at very often. But it's uh, outside of the John reading from the Gospel of John. Uh, it's one of the few texts that explicitly refers to Jesus as God. And sort of declares who he is as he comes into the world. In particular, I want to look at this uh, passage, and we're going to step through this text. But it says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. That's how the text that we read begins. And it, it sort of reads like this like flashpoint, like suddenly um, it appears out of nowhere. And the word that's in this text in Greek for appeared is, is another word. It, basically, it means epiphany. It's that aha moment where something significant happens that all of a sudden seems to make everything make sense. And this is what Jesus is like. This is what this gift is like. It's that aha moment, that epiphany moment where Jesus, the Son of God, and God, finally shows up in this world. And what does this gift give us, this sudden appearance of Jesus? You know, last night I was talking in my sermon about how it was kind of a non-event for most of the world. Like, the shepherds got the declaration from the angels, Behold, unto you a child is born. Mary and Joseph got revelation from angels and, and got to experience the birth of Christ. The wise men who knew how to study the signs were able to determine that something significant happened. But for, for most people in that moment... It was like any other day. And for many of us, it might seem like any other day when we think about what Christ is doing. But something significant appeared and began to take shape when God stepped into the world as a man through his son. And so what is this gift that he brought, that he brings? Well, it's not something new, and you've probably heard it before. The gift is a grace and salvation. But you have to think about it a little bit differently than maybe you normally do, or, or sometimes we're in the habit of thinking about this gift. Uh, for example, when we think about how Santa brings us gifts, right? what do you have to do to get these good gifts from Santa? You have to be, you have to be naughty or nice? Nice. Right. If you're naughty, what does Santa bring you? Coal. How many of you got coal this morning? 
My granny did. Yes, that's not, my mom did. We won't talk about that. Yeah, right? And so we tend to think about gifts uh, in this sort of way. We, especially around Christmas, we think, okay, if we're, we're nice, then we're going to get nice gifts. And we tend to think about that, too, with our families and friends, right? If we, we stay connected with people, if we have good feelings towards them, you, you get a good gift, right? I mean, many of us don't get gifts from strangers, you're not going to, like, leave here this morning. There's no one out there ready to mug you with a beautiful gift. It just doesn't happen. And so most of our gifts, our good gifts in this life, are, are transactional, meaning uh, they involve some sort of relationship where you kind of have to like the person enough to buy them something. It has to do with a family connection. And in the case of Santa, you better be nice because... He sees you when you're sleeping, and he knows when you're awake, right? But because most of our life is experienced this way, because most of what we get in this world is given because we know how to work it, we know how to stay connected to people, we know how to be nice, sometimes we confuse the gift that we have from Jesus, which is not transactional in this way. It's not transactional at all. We don't get grace and salvation because we're nice. We don't get grace and salvation because we develop this sort of relationship with God in a way that earns this grace and salvation. It's just not how he works. See, the, the gift of Jesus is this epiphany, this aha moment where we get something Kind of like getting mugged by grace as we leave church this morning. The word in the book of Titus, and Paul uses this word in all of his epistles and his writings, is the Greek word for grace, charis. And it's a word that the Greeks used a little bit differently. Usually it sort of was a word that was used when it came down to a patron or a supporter, maybe for like a, it's almost like a political campaign gift in a way, um, or money given for, for a, a reason, for a purpose. And so the way to think about it is they talk about this, this grace as this sort of like unexpected gift to help you do something that you couldn't do on your own and that you needed the support to, to be able to do. And so the best way to explain it is like if, if I were to give you $100,000, and say, here, I want to give you this $100,000, and I want it so that you can live more comfortably this year. And so, even though you don't do anything to get that gift, uh, I am giving that gift to you with a, for a purpose, for an intention. What I don't want you to do with that gift is to go uh, blow it on something that won't give you comfort, peace. Right? So this is kind of the language that that Paul uses. And all, all he's trying to say and all that he's trying to communicate is that we get this gift from God through Christ and it's completely free and it's meant to make our life great and it's meant to, to renew us and restore us in ways that we haven't imagined. Um, but that grace has a, a purpose. It's not a, a passive grace. It's actually calling us. It's pulling us into a place and into a space that we could never get to apart from Christ. This is the gift at Christmas. 
And so this is why when we read scripture, there's all this language about being nice and not naughty. (laughs) It's not because we need to be nice to get the grace. It's because we have the grace, therefore we can. We can be something other than we are. This is the gift. You know, it's like those TV shows. Um, I don't even know if they're still on, so maybe, maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't. I'm going to explain it. But like, do you remember the TV show, like, you have to do, like, the 30-second like the makeover or, or you would uh, be sent away to a bunch of plastic surgeons and they would, like, you know, totally change your look and then you get to reveal your new body. I forget. What is it? I can't even remember the names of these shows, but I remember they're out. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Have you heard of these kinds of shows? Do they still exist, maybe? Right? Where you, you want something for yourself, and so they send you away to a personal trainer and a plastic surgeon, and, and they do their magic, and you come out looking completely different. Too. This is not something that most people can afford to do on their own. This is not something most people have the willpower to do on their own. And this is sort of how the grace of God works. Imagine if. Last night, after five services, you go home around 2 a.m., autobiographical, and while you're sleeping for two hours before your kids wake up, right, this miracle takes place. And the person you want to be, the person you wish you could be, your heart that is two sizes too small suddenly grows. And when you wake up, you're able to live perfect, just like your heavenly Father is perfect. And you're able to do what you never thought you could do, and you're able to respond to people in ways that you never thought you could respond. Wouldn't that be some miracle? But that is the miracle. That is the gift. It's the grace of God given to all of us that actually allows us to wake up different. Be what God calls us to be. So Paul does, he talks about this because we have the grace of Christ. He says that we're supposed to renounce our worldly passions and this is not something you can do apart from the grace of God. That is to to live in a different way than the rest of the world. A lot of the world is not worshiping this morning. But you are here this morning because you know the grace of God. You've experienced it. Paul says in Titus that we should live self-controlled lives. And this is hard at times because we want what we want and we passionately go after things that sometimes we shouldn't. And yet, uh, Paul in Scripture talks about this like because you have the grace of God, guess what you can do? You can actually live a self-controlled life. The miracle has happened because you have his grace and his peace. You can see things differently. We have godly lives in the present. Meaning it's not something we're waiting for. It's something that we have now. This is the gift. 
And so Titus, the letter to Titus talks about how Christ came. He appeared to redeem us and to purify us, make us whole. And what's interesting is when you read this text, it, it talks about how we were redeemed and we're purified and we can live these holy and pure lives. And, and the, the, the text sort of ends interestingly, and it makes me ask, you know, is it for us? What is, who's this for? And it says that he gave himself to redeem us and to purify us for himself. And so this is the weird thing. Like We think about this gift as we tend to think about all gifts as being for us, and, and it is for us, but it's also for the Father. If you're a parent, you understand what would you be willing to do for your children? Even if they're naughty. Anything. And you do it for them, for sure, but you also do it for yourself. God, our Heavenly Father, sent his son, whom he loved, into the world to experience pain, to experience loss, to experience suffering, to fully understand what it means to walk in a broken world, to live in the darkness. And he did it not only because he wanted you to experience grace, he did it because he loves you too. Because you're his child, you're a co-heir with Christ. So it's a gift for you, it's a gift for him. Because as our lives are changed and as we experience grace, we leave here and other people experience it too. And other people then know what the good gift of Christ is this morning. So as you spend the rest of your day napping, watching sports, enjoying your non-cold gifts, Remember the gift that you always have, Christ. May you live faithful, redeemed, pure, and holy lives that God has given you for his glory this Christmas. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.